0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 10th annual Around the
3: NFL Podcast Fantasy Extravaganza, presented by SiriusXM. Now, here's your host, a man who's won his league of record once in like 20 years, the old Zooser.
4: Thank you, Jeremy, and welcome. Yes. History. 10 years we've been doing this, Greg. 10 years. That's not true. <laughs> I mean,
5: we've done this podcast for, what, seven? This is our seventh season. So Does ten years sound good?
4: Sounds great. Do you think people will go back and check? No. The 10th annual fantasy extravaganza. <laughs>
5: that's impossible. <laughs> I mean, we're, I think we, we could just
4: make up our own truth. That's what fantasy, the 20th that's annual. What fantasy
5: analysis is all about. Absolutely.
4: Um, all right. Yes. The old Zeus here. Thank you to Jeremy Bergman, who did it again. Check out his work on his IMDB page. Kicking and Screaming with Will Ferrell. He played a beefy supporting lead. All right. Yes, I have one title in 20 years. Well, that's that's life. What can you do? (laughs) But I am joined by a who's who of fantasy minds for the fantasy extravaganza. On my right and my left, you know who they are. I don't need to tell you. They built Roto World brick by brick. And they're humble about it. But that's the truth. That website that everyone uses... Isn't what it is today without Greg Rosenthal and Chris Wessling. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I forget being humble about it. Now that Silva's out the door,
5: let's just let's just own it.
4: You know, we didn't want to make him feel bad. <laughs> Greg Bilton, I watched. Speaking of Evan Silva, he's coming up later today. The big fish via the phone, and joining us in studio. Oh my goodness, he is the face of fantasy here at NFL Media. Adam Rank is in the
3: building. What's up, Rank? What is happening? Finally, Adam Rank has come back to the Around the NFL podcast once again here to join you and I'm I'm happy to be here. First of all, <laughs> I do like that Evan Silva's the headliner. Like, he's Blink-182, I'm some 41 Here's the opening Oh, you know, You're shorting yourself a little bit there. You know, I'm going to come out. Fall out boy. Fall out. <laughs> you're bringing the rank amateurs
6: to the S- table, S- and we welcome all of them.
3: The rank amateurs, the rank and file, they're not. No, I'm here trying to clout chase off of your audience. This is where I'm coming to pitch. This is where I got it, because everybody's like, hey, do you want to come on the fantasy pod to, you know, pitch your, or or what is it, uh, post, what is it, promote?
4: Yeah. Promote like that, Fantasy promote. League
3: One or the Adam Rank podcast. Like no nobody listens to that show. I'm gonna come <laughs> over to around the NFL. Where the people are, I see the numbers. I know I know where the people are. It's a listen, global audience. Oh my gosh, it's insane. Like the people. like if you run into somebody from Wales, odds are they're huge fans of this podcast. <laughs> they're like, "Hey, you, it's you, nice."
5: It's nice to have someone else who goes third person within two seconds of being on the show. <laughs> other than Dan, so this I don't right. even notice
4: it when somebody else does
5: it. No coincidence
6: know. that coal mining has a major culture in Wales.
4: You connect the dots, right? Everybody knows this. Um, oh, I should also mention Mark Sessler's here. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually not in the physical studio. Mark's behind the glass uh, because. Uh, how are you, Mark? Doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've never actually enjoyed the show. Uh, let's stop there. That. But from <laughs> this perspective, from behind the glass, very nice. Little murky. Glass could use a cleaning.
4: And as you know, well, the, Ricky, it's daunting get sitting in his seat. By the way, what, sitting have, in the cecil, not
1: job. today. Oh, it gosh. isn't. I'm an assistant too. Did you say, Ricky? You gotta get. <laughs> so I gotta start cleaning the glass now too. <laughs> on top of everything else I do for oh, you guys. I love mm. you. Jeez. Love Jeez. you, Rick.
4: Ugh. Um, Mark. Yes, you're also here, and as, as you know, if you followed this show, the fantasy extravaganza, and we've done 15 of them now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know that— Longstanding tradition. Uh, Mark is always the guy we throw to on the fantasy corner. He's not there yet. As we know, it's very dangerous on the corner. So, Mark, I imagine you've um, kissed your your wife and your children goodbye. You've tied up loose ends as you head back to the old neighborhood.
1: Yeah, they seemed okay with the arrangement, but um I'm hoping that some distance will create a little bit more um need and attraction. All right. Well, why don't you head off to the corner and we'll check we'll back do. With Thank you in a little you. bit.
4: All right. Now, rank. Yes, sir. One of my favorite Adam Rank bangers is unpopular opinion oh, with Adam Rank. So, what we're going to do here, we're going to go through all sorts of fantasy angles as your draft is Hopefully, right around the corner now with the third preseason game coming up in a th- third week of preseason coming up in a few days. Um, so with rank, we figured unpopular opinions. Rank will throw out some uh, the brick by brick guys, the bricklayers I call them. Yeah, they'll toss in some, uh, and maybe one out of twenty Zeuser will throw in one of his own. But let's start with rank. And un- but your
3: name is not pronounced Han Zeus.
4: No, it's Zuss. Yes. So wouldn't you be the Zusser? You could, now you've said that, and I've always appreciated, yes. appreciated that, you. because Stamishek falsely put it out there that it was Han Zeus, but I've been getting that my whole life. Right. Of course, so at a certain point you just say you roll with it.: I understand. But it, you could call me the old Zusser if you, if you please.: uh, Plus it, it ain't helps got that it helps thing. with doesn't have the: same. With
5: branding, you know, uh, of one of our listeners made little drawings, and it's got you know, Dan dressed up as Zeus.: a lightning like, bolt and all that. that's fun. Yeah.
3: Well, we have the ability. to doesn't live on top of Mount Olympus. <laughs> but we can create our own backstory. Well, it's it's like, it's, what like is this Zuss? it's like Flashpoint, <laughs> where you go back in time and reverse back to the future, and then everything changes. Now he's the Zusser. I feel kind of like... like how this is the twentieth year of the fantasy yeah. extravaganza. An amazing
4: <laughs> two decade run it's been. I, I sense a potential Mr. Destiny scenario rolling out where <laughs> if I tried to push old Zusser,
3: right, I'd be living at home in my parents' basement or something. Yes, and <laughs> you're a Jet pizza. season ticket yes. holder. Still wearing the the same Richard Todd jersey from when you were a child. With like seven. How do you uh, like them going back to their Richard Todd jerseys?
4: I think they've really pulled off something, Adam, in that they've been able to match what I liked about the 80s look, the pop of the colors with uh, the turn back to the future Bill Parcells era. Name it there. I think they've done a nice job with it. Um, if Mark wasn't on his way to the corner, he would counter that he thinks the helmets are too glossy. Mm-hmm. There's
3: too much shine to him. I understand that, but on balance, I give it a hard eight out of ten. I really like the new unit. Hundred, but you, I'm a nine. I, I love that. I think it looks sharp, especially now that we've seen it in action during preseason. Looks good. Stands out. Striking. Okay. Unpopular opinions with Adam Rank. Let's do some fantasy style throwing out there, Adam. You know, one of the things that I've done, if you're in the last half of the first round, I have now really enjoyed taking Travis Kelsey in about the 109 spot. And it's one of those things that I think what a lot of people will do when they approach it, and Graham Barfield, our fantasy managing editor, and I were talking about this. He was sitting there saying, oh, I hope that Travis Kelsey falls to me in the second. I'm going to take Julio or Michael Thomas or somebody like that. My contention was instead of doing that, instead of hoping – Travis Kelsey falls to you, you go out and you grab him. And then in the the second round when your pick comes around, you can still get a top-flight receiver like Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, and there you can kind of build your roster from that spot and go forward. And as a matter of fact, in Fantasy League One, which Ricky Hollywood and I participated in, Mm. we'll be putting that over at great length. Coming soon. <laughs> this we is,
5: uh, this is like an NFL media,
3: NFL media creation. It's thing. part of the all new fantasy app. If you have enjoyed our fantasy app in the Plug past, it. I can't imagine that you did, because it it needed some improvements. We went out, oh, yeah. And, like, we made those improvements. Nice. I, I'm gonna be fair. I'm not gonna sit here and, and snow. The ATN audience—they're far too sharp for that. We can get stuff over on the NFL fantasy audience. They're the will whatever breathing They're like circus seals. We're just throwing them fish. You know, we share a lot of the it's, listeners, by but just be careful. I don't about know. If that's you know. I don't I know that that's is. the case. I'm <laughs> I'm teasing. Great. I love everybody.
6: Circus seals.
3: I love everybody. The thing is, great team we have. with the all new NFL fantasy app. It's. The experience is amazing, and league Fantasy League One will be a part of it. I took Travis Kelsey there at 109, and I feel great about it, even though I've been besmirched and harangued on the internet. Well, I think what, why,
5: one reason why it's unpopular, I think because there's not, to me, as big a gap at tight end as, as some years where maybe Gronk was way ahead of the pack. I, I don't see a huge difference between Kelsey and Kittle and Ertz and then the, the next group is so nice and deep and and, and fine for me that it doesn't seem worth and taking. Kelsey for the better. For the
4: record, according to our NFL Fantasy app, which has really gotten a, a pretty facelift, I will say, Kelsey is going around pick 16, so he's a second-round guy. So it, it's not a huge reach to go get him if you're picking, let's say, 10th in your league.
3: Yes. Uh, but it is, it is a reach. It right? is a reach. And you also have to know who's in your draft with you because Graham was behind me, and I knew that if I missed out, He was not coming back around. I think that when you look at it, Kelsey's been the top scorer amongst fantasy tight ends the last three years. That trend is going to absolutely continue. He is the most consistent one. I think that Zach Ertz could have a little bit of a regression this year because Dallas Goddard will start getting more into the mix. Alshon Jeffrey's healthy. They added Miles Sanders. I think there's a a possibility for a little bit, not much, but I think that Kelsey and Kittle are closer to Hunter Henry and O.J. Howard than they are to Travis Kelsey, so i jump in for it.
4: All him. right, give us another unpopular. Opinion. Wait, hold on, Wes.
3: I was just going to say I agree with you in that if you have a strong gut
6: opinion. Well, that's fair. Mm. Go with it. Go with your feeling if it's very strong. And I don't uh, – forget consensus. I hate consensus. Just go with the guy you want. But I also agree with Greg. There's a very attractive group of value plays at tight end this year.
3: There is, and you're going to have to be willing to make sure that you're – Targeting the right running backs in rounds three, four, and five. You gotta make sure you're not you're not drafting a quarterback to the double digit rounds. But then even at the double digit rounds, you can end up grabbing somebody like Lamar Jackson, who before the show started, we talked about his first two games out of the gate or Miami and Arizona. You could also grab Ben Roethlisberger, there's there's a lot of value out there at the quarterback position. So, you just have to be really confident in your overall plan. It's not something that you walk in and be like, I'll do this as a last-minute thing. you got to really have it prepared.
4: All right, give us another unpopular opinion. Mr.
3: You know Patrick. what? I really believe that Antonio Brown is going to be fine for the Raiders. And I know that everybody's making a huge deal on that. about the, oh, yeah. the helmet and everything. He knows how – but his ADP is now sliding into the third round, and I just don't get it. He is—he's—he did not forget how to play football because he spent the past two weeks arguing about his helmet. He is still a very good player, and he's going to a team. Everybody acts like Derek Carr is some scrub of a quarterback. He's not too far removed from his 2016 season when he put up MVP-type numbers. And so I look at the situation that get he walks it into, and the overall – Construction of this team. You bring in Tyrell Williams to be the deep threat. You draft Josh Jacobs, and now you add Antonio Brown. I liken it to what happened when Jerry Rice joined the Raiders back in the day and John Gruden's first stint with the team. Rich Gannon all of a sudden becomes an MVP candidate. I think that Antonio Brown's going to go out there and have another lights-out season. And you look at – it's its not too hard for these guys to make an immediate – Look at look at what, what Amari Cooper did last year. When he went to the Cowboys, he he joined that team midseason and instantly made them better. Antonio Brown's going to do the same thing, so anybody who's passing on him will look the fool.
4: You know, I watched, you know, wrote on Hard Knocks. I wrote the latest episode recap, and it was all about Brown. And they did a really good job digging into what's going on there right now. And agree. <laughs> and um, you know what? It seems like things are going to be okay there. It seems like the feet. It's not going to be an issue. He said there's a little burning when he runs, and he has to sometimes take his shoes off. But that's all trending in the right direction. And I think the relationship between Gruden and Brown is really strong. And I think he's going to be on the field week one. So people that are avoiding Brown because they think this helmet thing is going to carry over, I understand your trepidation and stay away if you want. But I think there's a much better chance he's playing starting week one.
6: I'm avoiding him. I would not draft this guy at all where he's being taken. And it doesn't have anything to do with the helmet or the feet. He's... Sort of the bizarro. Derek Carr is the bizarro Big Ben. He doesn't take chances down the field. Mm. He's afraid to hold the ball and wait for a big play to happen. Uh, he doesn't specialize in broken plays. He and Ben and AB had years to develop chemistry, and now we're going to put him in with Derek Carr, who to me is just the opposite of Big I, Ben.
5: He, he is a little bit, and maybe that's why he doesn't get eighteen hundred yards this year. But I wouldn't be surprised. If, he didn't and, get
6: eighteen hundred last year.
5: Right, not even close. I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Antonio Brown is. You know, wide receiver one by the end of the year, top two or three, because they're going to throw it to him 180 times. They're it's just the going to force it. And you're right, it's going to be nine, eight yard passes. But Antonio Brown can make plays on his own, and he'll get P- in PPR. Yeah, exactly. With a terrible defense, so it's like they're going to just be throwing the ball
3: to Antonio Brown like more than they should probably. And just yeah, they're going to force the ball up. to him. They're going to be in a lot of deficits where they're going to have to be forcing forcing the ball to Antonio Brown. He's their best player. He comes in and gets all the target in it. I'd only all take
5: the- a couple, maybe two receivers ahead of him. Who? Julio and, uh, and who am I thinking? Uh, Michael Thomas. Which I'm just going to go he right into take- my unpopular opinion because it's oh, about those two. Please. Which is basically, I, I did take a look at the average draft position. That's not a big deal. I don't think people should be afraid to just take those two especially in my mind with the fifth or sixth pick. Like I would be, ha- I would much rat like every year we see this, that running backs go the first seven or eight, or there's going to be nine or 10 in the first round and four or five of those end up being problems. When you've got just certainty, certain big numbers of Hall of Fame type guys in the middle of their prime, in Michael Thomas especially, but I would put Julio in that group too, where it's just they're coming down with 90 or 100 catches. They're filling up the stat sheets every week, and there's still running backs available in the third or fourth round that I like. And so I, once you get past about four running backs or so, I'm taking those two guys. That's
4: fair.
3: Anybody disagree with that? No, not at all.
4: Uh, let's check in. By the way, let's head over to the. Fan. And again, I guess it wasn't that unpopular.
3: A little bit. A little I think bit. you know what though. It is unpopular. It doesn't seem like it happened. No, no, no. Listen, if there are there are a lot of fantasy people who love the running back,
5: and if you like Hopkins better, or you, you know, I could see that, or whoever you like better. But those two, for me, are just money in the bank. Uh, a minuses. So if, just they're take going, it. if they're going, if they're going
4: 11th or 12th overall, who cares? There's no risk. You like it at five or six, you'll take them at five or six. Yeah. Let's head to the, the Fantasy Corner. Mark Sessler, very bad neighborhood, as we know. Let's see. Mark, you there? Hey, guys. What's up? Where? Wait a second. Where are you?
1: Well, I'll let you know where I am. You know, as you can see, I think as you can hear, the Fantasy Corner has polished up its image just a bit. A uh, the opiate salesmen and the racetrack heavies have been replaced by fresh-faced young entrepreneurs. Why, just before the show, Rick Hollywood and I dined on $45 plates of probiotic-infused pancakes right here at The Romper, a delightful new David Ely-owned eatery. (laughs) As an example of how the neighborhood has changed... Oh, Oh, no. This oh, no. same spot right here once served as a low-rent storefront selling used ladies' clothing and horse whips while churning out about 150 gallons of illegal whiskey per week. What spurned this uptick, you ask? Well, I'm here with impressive 25-year-old urban developer Emery Saxonville to find out. <laughs> Emery, how exactly did you rid the streets of so many untoward elements and devil-may-care thugs to pave the way for the changes that we're seeing here in the...
4: Uh oh. What? Mark, you there? Okay, so
5: it looks like the gentrifying hasn't totally (laughs) taken over. Mark, you there? Some gentrification. But, um. Let's get
4: back on track. We'll check in with Mark. It's a few blocks. I mean, that, like, that's like, always an issue.
5: It's like the, the people yes. have been there for a while. They're going to clash with the yeah. hipsters that are coming. You want to
3: go get your avocado avocado toast no. someplace, but you make the wrong turn out of that eatery, and all of a sudden as a, you're back. As
4: a former Hoboken, New Jersey resident, I can tell you the gentrification process does lead to clashing.
3: Well, yes. you don't
6: want pre- oh, okay. you don't want premature gentrification.
4: Never. No, never. Never, never, never. Okay. That's terrible. Uh, Wes, do you have an unpopular opinion you'd like to share?
6: I do. Uh, stop using... Total fantasy points from the previous season to prove that the guy you want is a great value. David Johnson of the Cardinals is a prime example. I heard another fantasy analyst this week say he finished ninth overall at running back last year. It wasn't even a bad year. Stop. Stop what you're doing right now. It was Matt Barry, everybody. Never use... End of the year no, it points.
5: Dan's just saying that. It was. It was Matt oh. Barry,
6: who is a heck of a nice guy, and I like him a and lot. And a great analyst. Great. But he knows what he's doing because he writes a whole article on misusing stats. Look, the end you, you want, should know better. You want a week to week advantage in fantasy football. That's all that matters. This guy gets artifully artificially inflated numbers by the end of the year because better well not better, but more productive running backs fall by the wayside when they get injured. So a guy who's been a mediocre guy week to week all year has inflated stats by the end of the year. Just stop doing it. That's my unpopular opinion.
4: And I know he yeah, he finished top 10 ultimately, but show me one David Johnson uh, owner from last year that won his league. Thank if you. David Johnson was a key player on his roster. Just I speak from experience, actually. It just he was a guy that because that offense was so overmatched and because the team is so bad, He's still because he would catch the ball and they'd give the ball a lot. He'd give you, you know, 10, 12 points. But he was not anybody that was a game changer. And you're looking for game changers where you're taking a David Johnson. Fantasy sports Under-
6: are, have always been and will always be about the difference makers and the game
3: changers. That is true. But I think what Matthew's point is, because I kind of I, I'm kind of on board with him, is that you could count on him. Week to week, now, he didn't
5: kill you. If you didn't win your league, thing, he like, wasn't really the the you, biggest reason why. He didn't totally assassinate.
6: He's a mediocrity. Yeah. I don't well, want mediocrities on my yeah. fantasy team. Yeah, tenth he's, overall last, last NFL. year. NFL. Yes.
3: Yeah, but if you if you ended up picking up some, if you picked up Damian Williams, Nick Chubb, and Phillip Lindsey, and David Johnson was acting as your flex, that was fine. That's, I mean, that's my that's, that's my point. You can pick guys off the waiver wire who outscored him.
1: I what's I don't it? like the show. I have David Johnson and Zach Ertz. <laughs> no, hold on. From me, yesterday. Okay. We're talking about <laughs> last
3: year though. David Johnson this year. Uh, no, no, no. We like him this year. He I, I understand where You got a
6: mouse coming? in your pocket?
5: I don't. I, that's another unpopular opinion, but <laughs> okay. I can save that one. What? What one, one? That you shouldn't keep mice in your pocket? I mean, I'm against it. They're animals. They're happening? God's
6: creatures. There is way too much inherent trust in Arizona's offense. <gasps> Maybe they have a high ceiling. They probably do. But you're going to need a canary in the coal mine to withstand in Wales. The, the depths of that floor.
5: I'm with you. My thing with Johnson is just he's another year away in a bet in a in what that was the lowest ranked offense by DVOA and football editors in almost league history. And the right. same people and so, there. Yeah, but the the coaches are. David Johnson is someone that you've loved in the past. I just think he'll return more to form further away. He's on my
3: better real life than fantasy team. Mm. All right. The the quarterback's new. They've made some changes on the offensive line. And Cliff Kingsbury's there. And one of the things that made Cliff Kingsbury a success, and you can say relative success, because in college football, Texas Tech was not winning national championships, but you're not winning national championships in Lubbock. That's just not going to happen. One of the things that we really liked about. Kingsbury's well, there's, you can win
5: games, though, and, and you can win many games. coaches did that better than Cliff Kingsbury. It's worth it's worth pointing out.
3: But what we look <laughs> at for his offense— Just saying. But, like, my, uh, Mike Leach' offense, and this is one of the things that trickled down to Cliff Kingsbury, is that the Red Raiders were sixth in the NCAA in throwing the ball to the running backs on early downs. And, of course, the teams that were ahead of them, Mike Leach— at Washington State, Dale Holgerstrom at West Virginia, teams like that who come from that coaching tree. So that's what we really like about David Johnson is that when you have an offensive line that's not good, the best way to combat that is to get the ball into the hands of your playmakers really quick. And I think that they're going to design more passing plays, especially on early downs for David Johnson. I'm sorry, guys. I'm nervous as heck about Mark Sessler, who last
0: time
1: we (laughs) heard from him, there was just a massive explosion. Uh, Mark, are you there? Guys, I am here, and uh, Dan, I appreciate your concern. I will remind uh, all four of you that we are at a gym here. We're at Equinox Gym. We're a resilient community, and I'm over here working on some single-arm dumbbell rows, some hex bar deadlifts, and while you clowns operate vicariously, trying to tell your friends to buy you a strawberry ice cream because you picked seven football players correctly, I'm over here turning my physical form into electricity. All right. Well, he's
4: he's okay. After the way he was talking to us, I don't really care anymore, but...
1: Life is good for Mark right now.
3: Mm. Uh, Adam Rank, one yes. more unpopular opinion right, before let's you go. I want to do. I want to build on, because I wanted to stump for David Montgomery, but that's so. That's Here's so, my unpopular
5: so opinion: all your stumping has actually, you know, raised his value so high that he's no longer even a good value.
3: That's been terrible. Well, you know, Matt Nagy's <laughs> going out and combating that today too by saying all like, the
5: fantasy not- hype is like, okay, now he's like a mi- a third round pick. It's like oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not that excited about him.
3: No, that's definitely the case. You know who I really like, though? I think that Duke Johnson is a nice fit. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that that – I know a lot of people will point to Deshaun Watson like, well, he's never thrown to his running backs – because he didn't have a – he didn't have a running back like that before. Like, it's like, I never drove until I had a car. Like, I get it. Like, that's – this is – yeah, he now has a running back he can throw the ball to. (laughs) And I think that with Will Fuller, until he comes back and shows that he's completely healed from his knee injury – that Duke Johnson could end up being their number two receiving option. So I love that all day. And
5: I'm all about him. just talent over getting even crazy with the situation. He's a better player than Lamar Miller. So in the end, him. I think he'll end up with more
4: touches and more yards than Lamar Miller. We have talked at length on the show about the weakness
3: of the Texans' offensive line. Do we worry about that? But that's, again, what, one of the best ways to combat the Texans' offensive line is, number one, you had a bad offensive line. Number two, you had Deshaun Watson holding the ball way too long. If you have a running back that you can get the ball to, mm-hmm. you have that safety valve, that is going to help improve all facets of that.
4: Um, before you go, Rank. Yes, sir. Who some brand names out there who are kind of oddly cheap right now? Guys that – in the past have been first round guys, high second round guys. They've been dropping, yet they might end up giving you elite production. Who are some guys that jump out for
3: you? You know, one guy I would say that he's not necessarily a brand name, but somebody who was a starter last year that everybody was trying to fade during the offseason. But now, look, he's going to be a number one running back, Chris Carson. That situation in Seattle, they run the ball almost more than Anybody. I love it. And everybody wanted to put Rashad Penny up on a pedestal and say, No, they they used a first round pick on this guy. Chris Carson has been the best back there. He will be the best running back. And if you get him in the third round, that is somebody again, like when we're talking about ignoring some of those early running backs in the first round and you want to wait and go and, and get your get your running backs in the third, fourth round, you can get Chris Carson, maybe David Montgomery, if you're if you're uh, if you're lucky, and another guy too, whose value is really starting to rise is Latavius Murray. That as more leaks uh, s- switch to PPR, Greg just vomited on the. Team. You don't like? Latavius. I vomited too. He's got a role though. He's got a death. That's role. this
5: is the type of thing where I think fantasy. Drafters always get into trouble is looking at the role in the situation. It's this like, year's La- Chris Latavius is not that uh, good. He's, he's being drafted as if he's not Latavius Murray. He's like a he's like a poor man's uh, Lamar Miller. He's just not that good. I mean, he's going to get goal line carries, right? He's yeah, gonna, he's going to have. You know who's one of the best goal line backs in the NFL? Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara. He like that's
3: it's proven. I he's a Alvin. better goal line back than Latavius Murray. But you, okay, you're not drafting Latavius Murray in the first round. You're getting him in the seventh or eighth. Flex guy? I'm in. No. I'm in. Nope. I
5: saw where he, you burn you're burning your pick. I like the Chris Carson <laughs> So one. against that.
6: I've got a running
5: back. He's on my stay away Evan Silva Damn list. it. Murray. For what, the second time in
6: three years, my answer to this question is Devontae Freeman. I I have no idea why this guy's going behind some of the guys he's
3: going behind. Oh, yeah. Who's going to challenge Devontae
6: Freeman for, in,
3: for yeah, that's, carries that's there? That's a good one. How dare you besmirch Edo Smith like that? Well, this is where <laughs> Ito people... Smith is not— People who, get, people who get people get too
4: excited <laughs> or get put too much into, oh, what was his final fantasy point total the year before? Right. All those jokers that you can take advantage of in your league, they'll lo- overlook a guy like Freeman,
5: mm-hmm. who's an absolute Freeman, stud,
6: a good football player on a great offense. Draft Devonte Freeman.
5: T. Y. Hilton is my is one big name that I'm shocked is going oh, as late yeah. as he is. He's another guy. Like I, whatever the odds are. Well, you, we can't do that. Yeah, he's the guy who can lead the league in receiving. I'm, T. I'm T. expecting T.Y. Hilton to go crazy, and then Mark Ingram in that—he's a big name. But oh, I love. I'm kind of surprised Ingram. that people aren't just like r- way too excited about Mark. In- if Gus Edwards can be a top five running back in yards after Lamar takes over, why, why can't Mark Ingram? Well, isn't
6: the concern that they have a crowded backfield?
5: But he's the he's lead the guy, best. and he's the best player. And it seems like they want him to be Justice the, the Hill
6: lead guy. Justice broke more tackles last week than Mark Ingram yeah, ever the broke two in them. A game. the
3: two of them. It's nice look. Mark Ingram still – I think he's shown that he can play with somebody who is a dynamic playmaker and still go out there and carve a pretty good role. People still sleeping on point.
4: Deshaun Jackson. too. I'll, what? Oh, yeah. I'll throw out all the Rams receivers, by the way. you are going – Brandon Cooks and Woods are going in the same area in the fifth round. Cup coming off the ACL is going a little bit later. But – I don't know. Uh, Those guys, you can kind of put it in the bank, I feel like, that Cooks and Woods especially, both of them really, are going to be 1,200, 1,300-yard guys and score touchdowns and
3: catch a ball a ton. For sure. I I love Cooper Cop coming back. Really? I feel like he's going way too high coming off the ACL surgery. Week six, when he was healthy, he was the wide receiver too. And if he started off the season on the pup list, I would be with you. I'd be like – I would be a little bit more concerned. But I think that what we've seen so far – In the preseason, I'm ready to take him in the fifth round.
4: All right, Adam Rank. He is, according to his own Twitter bio, your favorite fantasy analyst, favorite fantasy analyst. Mm. That's true. Uh, You can see him on NFL Network uh, all season. You could also check out the Adam Rank podcast. Thank you. Which people talking, streets talking. The streets talking. And uh, follow Adam on Twitter, at Adam Rank. Sir, it was an honor and a pleasure, and we promise it won't, Take this long to get you back in the state. Why?
3: What happened? Yeah. Was this my first time or something?
4: I'm surprised it took you this long to complain after all the
3: I'm complaining not, you were
5: doing downstairs. The I'm other not day. a
3: complainer, but when they, <laughs> but when the situation he was s- broke, he sounded like he was ready to just come with that right off the gate. So I admire your I, restraint. I expected. It. Why why make that show about that? We could come back and do that. This is for the for the people, for the fantasy advice, and I will get you all back in your own special way. You're the best, <laughs> Adam Thank Rank.
4: You, Adam. Thank you, hey everybody. All right, before we get to Evan Silva, a reminder that every week, NFL Films presents the Hard Knocks podcast, hosted by the great Peter Schrager. Every week, Schragbong talks to people connected to the show and talks about each episode as it airs, ending with the September 3rd finale. I mean, if, if daily Schrager is not enough, it's not enough for me. You get your Schragbong and pop podcast for Hard Knocks. There you go. So check it out. A new episode will drop this week and every week through the finale, Hard Knocks podcast, an NFL films joint. Out the door goes Adam Rankin. In comes, via the phone, right into the boat, the big fish. You know who he is. A former Roto world man, now breaking out on his own at EstablishTheRun.com. It's Evan Silva. Welcome back to the Around the NFL podcast.
2: Thanks so much for having me back, guys. You know, Rosenthal, Wesley, you guys crushed the uh, Rich Eisen interview. That was unbelievable. Mm. And uh, Ricky and Zeuser, you guys are doing a great job, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem to leave someone Appreciate out. Appreciate it. Interesting.
4: <laughs> uh, Thank you, Evan. I love, Silva. All right, Evan. Listen, you're the big fish for a reason. I mean – before we get into the fantasy stuff, you want to just tell us a little bit about Estab- establish the run and and what this is all about, how it's going to be different, how it's going to be the same. Get your plug in.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, you guys are all subscribers. You guys all have access to uh, everything that we're going to be doing. My matchup column, a weekly breakdown of every single uh, fantasy relevant player in every game, is going to be available on there. We're using uh, a lot of a lot more data analysis. Uh, this year with uh, Pat Thorman who projects snaps and pace for each NFL team each week. And also uh, Josh Hermsmeyer, one of the foremost data analysts uh, in media right now. Uh, he has an air yards uh, by low model that tells you that pinpoints uh, receivers on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. which is the most difficult position to project in fantasy. Um, you're trying to make people money that, in DFS.
5: Are, I'm smelling you trying that to they're, make they're some money.
2: To, Pinpoint receivers that are are likely to regress back toward the mean um on a week-to-week basis so just and we're gonna do podcast you know multiple podcasts every week it's just a it's a comprehensive fantasy football website whether you play season-long daily fantasy best ball dynasty we cover it all uh
4: when this site takes off and goes next level i'm sure it already is doing very well but when it goes next level and you're really deep in the black that's when we could set up a real um, a war between the NFL media and establish a run over our podcast. You bring us over, pay us a hefty sum, and then we fly.
2: Yeah, I mean we're we're looking for uh, extra talent at, at all times, and uh, you're a podcast host that there is, Zusser. Uh So we'd, we'd love to be able to steal you from the big corporation that you know that that's, that's uh, sucking your blood right now.
0: <laughs> Very
4: good. All right, Evan. So one of your pieces, many pieces uh, <laughs> on established the run, uh, the shy away 30. I love this. Uh, and the title, you should be able to figure out what that means. It's the guys that Evan Silva, fantasy genius, would like to shy away from and is suggesting you may do it too. Uh, come draft day. Who's a guy? Where do you want to start with this? Who's a guy that jumps out on you uh, when it comes to shy away from this man?
2: And it's going to expand to the shy away 40 after the third preseason game. But I wanted to get 30 guys out early because uh, there was enough uh, interest in the column that and there's enough drafts going on this weekend that uh, people are asking me uh, for it. But the number one guy on the list right now is Antonio Brown, Mm. whose average draft position has stayed inside the top 10 receivers. Despite this strange foot infection thing, uh, the, the helmet situation that has cost him all but 30 minutes of training camp so far, uh, his extended absence from practice has prevented him from building any kind of rapport on the field with Derek Carr. And, you know, he, he's he been talking about retirement since March. You know, do you want to use your second round pick on a guy that has spoken about retirement uh, repeatedly? For several, several months, you know, uh, and then last in on the field last year, uh, he had seven year lows in yards per target and yards per route run. Uh, He scored a career high 15 touchdowns. So he showed signs of regression on the field. And he um, also is probably going to regress toward the mean in terms of his touchdown count and i think he's really severely downgrading quarterback f- play from ben Roethlisberger to derek Carr.
4: what about what he said on hard knocks last night men lie women lie analytics don't
2: mm. well the analytics are not in his favor because i uh, guess <laughs> it depends football- what you're looking at
5: really i mean the, matt harman's you know re- still has him like in terms of getting open and everything as like now he's no longer the number 1 guy every year but he's a top 5 guy so in to me watching him last year i didn't i just didn't think he had fallen off much. Maybe it's off the elite level, but we already talked about him with Adam Rank. So Chris and, and Silva are anti Antonio Brown. Me, Rank and Hansis are pro. He's going we'll to be terrifying. We'll I mean, just have to
4: see who the real brick by brick players are. Yeah, well, that's a great. I love tracking this. It'll be a <laughs> great battle. But like, for instance, my draft is on Monday. No one cares. But I'll tell you this: when Antonio Brown is staring at me uh, when I'm late in the second round,
6: <sighs> hey, enjoy the, the be tough. enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. Well, speaking of enjoying well, well, the ride. I mean,
2: and and I, I bet that Westling would, would be able to speak on this even more eloquently than, than I will be able to. But, you know, this is not going to be a good Raiders team this year in all likelihood. I mean, their, wing, their win total is right around six, six and a half. Sportsbooks are like begging people to bet the over. No one wants to bet the over because they know they're going to be bad. And so, what you know, how, how sold out to play for the Raiders week in and week out is Antonio Brown going to be when they're like one in six? you know, entering week eight. And you and have
4: Josh Jacobs, the rookie running back also on your list of players yep. to stay away from. I guess it's all tied into that as
2: well, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. And you know, this is another guy whose ADP has stubbornly stayed in t- inside the, the top 20 running backs. The Raiders have already lost their left guard, Richie incognito to a two game suspension. Who knows what's going to happen with Richie incognito on a week to week basis. After he becomes eligible again, they lost their right guard, Gabe Jackson, a torn mcl that's going to cost him at least the first month of the season i think that antonio brown as the most dynamic player in the offense uh, has already caused a major distraction and i think that Jalen richard if you're going to take a running back on the raiders you take Jalen richard really really late you don't take josh jacobs early because this is a team that's going to be chasing all season
4: Hmm. Uh, you have melvin gordon of the chargers now there's a new report out um, today wednesday that this is something that's going to bleed into the season. Uh, I don't see Ezekiel Elliott, who obviously is a superior player, but the same situation when you worry about where is this guy. So Zeke is not a guy that you would worry about and you would potentially take him in the first round. But Gordon, you'd say, get me away from him?
2: Yeah, Melvin Gordon is a guy that I have been I have running back 24 at this point. Um, just dumped him real, real low. And, you know, it's not only the holdout. It's the offensive line situation. It's a bad offensive line on the right side. And now we have a major question mark at left tackle in Russell Okung, and the left guard, they're counting on Forrest Lamp, who has been, this is his third season. He hasn't even played a snap essentially uh, so far. So the offensive line is a concern and we don't know if we're going to see him before mid season. He's not, he can't hold out the entire year because he needs that accrued season to be eligible for free agency in 2020. Um, but I, I, you know, and, and he seems really, really, dug in here. He was a big proponent of Le'Veon Bell's holdout last year, and I think that he feels a little bit empowered by that.
4: Uh, Wes, do you want to throw in one of your own shy away guys? Well, I was going to
6: say, I looked at this list, and only two names gave me pause. Philip Lindsay is one, but I- I'll be willing to chalk that up to better NFL player than fantasy player. Uh, the other one is Andrew Luck, who I think, regardless of what his health re- is right now, he's worth the risk, especially hmm. – well, the way quarterback is in fantasy football, you can back yourself up with a guy with plenty of upside behind him. Take mm-hmm. Andrew Luck because his upside is through the roof, and I think signs are out there now that he he's doing better.
2: Hmm. I hope that you're right. I hope that you're right. and uh, But I do have concern that the Colts might exercise some early season caution on Andrew Luck. I read the medical reports every day. You know, I've talked to double-pack. Dr. Chow extensively Ooh, major, about double-pack. Andrew Luck. The, the the Colts do have a 17 game <laughs> starter in Jacoby Brissett ready to go. So if they want to kind of try to take it easy early in the season, you know they have an experienced starter that they can utilize.
4: You have actual one on one combos with Chow MD.
2: Oh yeah, all the time. You, Damn, you bro. Chow, yep.
4: Chow brag, Chow brag. I'm gonna, Wait, what
6: about we, Peyton Manning who said absolutely Andrew Luck will be on the field mm, in Week One? Yeah, it I, that Again, that part. I hope
2: it, that Peyton Manning is right. I hope he's right. Because I've already drafted Andrew Luck enough that I'm invested in him.
5: He's around like Cam and Breeze. I don't know if his ceiling is that much higher personally, uh, to me, as as those guys' ceiling. I think they're they're similar, and there's a little less risk there. I'm gonna throw a stay away. How about Damian Williams? Everyone, like I love Damian Williams. I love the story. I love what he did. His career high in touches or carries is 50. I mean, I I look at Darwin Thompson and I think I might rather I would not be surprised remotely. I'll throw out my sleeper now too. Do if Darwin it. Thompson leads that team in yards, like love it. It just doesn't. It, why would that be surprising? You're talking about a journeyman and Damian Williams, who they paid a backup salary and they've talked him up, and and maybe he will be their starter for eight, nine, ten games. What are the odds he's their starter? for 16 games. I think it's almost infinitesimal. And I like Darwin Thompson as a guy who's going super late, who might end up getting six, seven, eight starts. What do you think, Evan
2: Silva? I'm all the way in on Darwin Thompson. (laughs) Yes! Three for three. You you guys have been talking about him. You you guys have been talking about him. You know, we were going to talk about sleepers at the end. Yeah, I just, well, I I
5: figured Damian Williams was the most egregious stay away in the whole game to me, so just why not combine it? The Chiefs, by the way, everybody. Yeah.
2: Darwin Thompson last year ripped it up at UT Utah state averaged almost seven yards per carry over 15 yards per reception as a running back. He averaged 5.1 yards after contact per carry. The next closest mountain West running back averaged under four yards after contact per carry. He reminds me a lot of Dion Lewis, Uh, Lewis Riddick actually uh, drew that same comparison recently. And uh, I I mean, look, you know, go watch his snaps in the preseason so far. Darwin Thompson is ready to play in in the big leagues.
4: Uh, let's let's take a quick pause here, Big Fish, to check in on the fantasy corner. And Evan, just so you know, um, the fantasy corner, very violent pl- place in past years, very dangerous neighborhood, gentrified it appears. So we're gonna check in with Mark Sessler. Hey, Mark, you there?
1: Guys, I am here, and it's not hard for me to see why I'm not uh, heavily featured on this, this episode very today. But uh, I am in a good place. I've grabbed a stool at the Burley Bear Brewery, a homie tucked in the wall gastropub just blocks away from the romper where we were this morning. I'm enjoying a nice 15% ABV Russian Imperial Stout, and you're not going to believe what I found at the cute little bookstore up the street. Check this out. A typewritten fantasy football report from 1973. Yes, it reads as follows. Ahoy, fantasy football enthusiasts. A thrilling new season is upon us, so keep it locked on, this hand-typed, mimeographed, and snail-mailed newsletter for all the latest NFL action. A bit of housekeeping for the 1973 campaign. Please remember, the NFL has approved a new numbering system for jerseys. Going forward, for instance, quarterbacks can only wear numbers 1 through 19, while centers and linebackers must pick between 50 and 59. Why does this matter for fantasy? Here's why. There was a rampant speculation that Raiders center Jim Otto might sit out the season or even retire because his rare double-zero jersey was initially... No longer allowed in the NFL, he cared that much. Losing Otto would sink the fantasy stock of quarterback Kenny Stabler and trigger a huge arrow down on Raiders runners Charlie Smith and Marv Hubbard, not to mention the age 30 campaign of Fred Belitnikoff. An update today brings hope, though, as the league has informed Otto that he'll be grandfathered in and allowed to keep wearing double O's for the 1973 season, equipment-based disaster averted for the Oakland Raiders. Still, the goal for all 250 of you playing fantasy football in this great country of ours should remain the same. Do whatever it takes to get your hands on consensus. Top overall pick, O.J. Simpson, the Bills' star runner with a legitimate shot to cross 2,000 yards on terra firma come September. Gentlemen, back to you in the studio. Hello, Evan. Thank you, Mark. Enjoy that micro-brew. And, yeah, going back to one of Wes's
4: old... Uh, takes on fantasy. Draft the good guys. Draft the guys that are easy to root for. So get behind an o- OJ Simpson. I like I like Marv Hubbard. That's a good, uh, I mean, he
5: catches the ball out of the backfield. A, you're not hearing that on other fantasy shows.
6: The circle of fantasy life. Thank you, Mark.
5: All right, you still there, Evan?
2: Yeah, you know, this Chessler guy, I've, uh, you know, I met him in real life. I, I love the guy, you know, but about 57% of the time, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, Evan, let's
4: get to some sleepers. Uh, I'm about 77%. It comes with time. Um, Sleepers, who's somebody that, you know, you want to impress your friends and also you want to steal leagues with guys that are taken deep in drafts. Who's somebody that's jumping out to you, Big Fish?
2: Yeah, we talked about Darwin Thompson already. I think that Justice Hill is right there with him uh, as a guy that has been really, really impressive, So far this preseason, I think he's going to have an immediate role behind Mark Ingram in the NFL's run heaviest offense. You go back to Justice Hill's college career, you know, as a true freshman, he played ahead of Chris Carson, who right now is the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks and finished fifth in the NFL in rushing last season. Uh, Justice Hill runs four, four flat and uh, he had a 40 inch vertical and a 10 foot 10 broad jump. One of the most athletic running backs Uh, in this year's draft class i think that he has a chance to be the alvin Kamara to mark ingram's mark ingram uh on on a very very run heavy team and he's a Mm. better pass catcher he's at least more dynamic in the passing game than is mark ingram Mm.
6: i love that pick i have him and darwin thompson and i even have tony pollard in there as guys that that i would like to take fires
4: on Mm. wow uh why don't you throw an out one chris wesley
6: One of my favorite wide receiver values later in the draft is uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I feel like the Packers Packers told us what they thought about him when they did nothing in free agency. They did nothing in the draft at wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers loves MVS. He's been talking him up all offseason, and I just see this guy as, you know, he's going to be the number two there.
4: I that's, mean, he's going – Great spot to be. On NFL.com, he's going right around the same time as Geronimo, Geronimo Allison, Cortland Sutton, Golden Tate, uh, Nicole Hardman. You think MVS has a bigger ceiling, higher ceiling than all those guys? Yes. How about you, Big Fish?
2: Big on Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You know, mm-hmm. um, one of the fantasy analysts that I listen to most closely is Matt Waldman of Football Guys. Recently dropped a T.O. comparison for Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Marquez is scantling is three. 210 and runs 437 flat last year among all rookie receivers no other rookie receiver gained more yards on 20 plus yard targets downfield than Marcus Valdez-Scanling looks like he's locked into that number two role big big upside this year.
5: Greg, give us a sleeper. Uh, I'm going to go anti uh, the stay-away list and go Mark Andrews. I oh, b- wait in, a second. B- believe in the player. <laughs> oh, believe, in the, believe in the player. Oh. Believe in the talent. Believe in, you know, you get Stick caught up in situations. Great players end up getting value for you, and he's getting taken pretty deep. Sterling Shepard, I'm surprised he's getting taken so deep. I would have thought he would have been on everyone's undervalued list. People get carried he's on, away. On. He's already practicing. He's fine. He's going to catch so many balls in that offense and then there's a time when at some point everyone just gives up on a player because they've been injured forever and they burned everyone and at some point they actually become a great value and that's jordan reed this year take oh, no if you're taking him in the 14th round he could easily be a top five tight end
6: why not i don't want any he's redskins on games. my
5: team at all please no redskins uh what do you think about that big fish
2: i mean look you know i love greg you know i, I <laughs> own my my life but you know he's He's clearly lost his fantasy. No. has got to hurt. Well,
5: it, it's good to have voices from outside because Silva and in the whole fantasy thing, and I was there once, you get so far up your own ass by just doing rankings and everything <laughs> all summer. You can't see the, the forest for the trees. And the key, which Silva knows more than anything, is to just be different. Than everyone else. When he's talking about that, that, that Vegas is begging people to take the Raiders if they can't do it, and everyone's saying, it's like, well, no, Silva, that doesn't support the reason to go against the Raiders. The public is an idiot. So, like, you'll always go against Ouch. the public. And, and public, the Jordan Reed, seat. to me, at this point, is kind of an anti public pick.
6: I, I've got a question for our host. Yes. I need some advice on a
5: late round sleeper
6: or a mid round sleeper.
4: Should Robbie Anderson be on my list? It's so funny, Wes, because I was just about to bring it up to the big fish. I was going to throw out three Jets that I like a lot, and (laughs) since I'm a Jets fan, I get too caught up in it, so I lose the ability to be um, uh, subjective about it. But I'll tell you this. Robbie Anderson seems like a guy that's going to really perform well in an Adam Gase offense, especially if Darnold takes the leap, which I think a lot of people that are smart think will happen. I love me some Chris Herndon, a good value, especially with people looking, oh, he's suspended. Uh, so I'm just going to completely skip over them. That could be a nice late round by and you get to October and all of a sudden you got Chris Herndon, who could be a breakout guy. And then Jameson Crowder, their slot guy who I think can approach a hundred catches in a, mm. in a, in a beautiful world. So yes, Wes, I'm all in on Robbie Anderson making the leap and becoming a thousand yard type receiver. Uh, I'm curious what the fish thinks about these jets players.
2: You know, I, I do like the jets and I really, you have to like what you've seen from them so far in the preseason um i think that uh the the moves that joe douglas has made on the offensive line are promising uh before they hired jo- joe douglas they picked in they picked up uh kelechi osemele in a, in a pick swap trade uh which was brilliant and they brought back ryan khalil who didn't have a great season last year but i think that in terms of like leadership on un- up front and helping sam Darnold, i think he's going to be a big upgrade on you know jonathan harrison
0: mm. so that
2: was my biggest concern for the Jets offense previously, I don't really have a concern about their weapons. It's just going to be, you know, a matter of who's getting the ball a lot. Robbie Anderson, I think, is going to be up and down. He's going to have spiked weeks, and he's going to have weeks where he has two catches for 18 yards. Jamison Crowder might end up being the most – just Le'Veon Bell if he can stay healthy, uh, you know, because he averaged almost four uh, uh, games per season over his first five years. Uh, he, I think he will be a beast and contend for the NFL lead in touches. And then Quincy Anunua, I think, is an excellent role player. It's just going to be a matter of where is the ball going to go. I love Sam Darnold at the end of the day as like your second quarterback pick.
1: Mm.
5: Silva, I'm going to text you every Mark Andrews touchdown and remind you of it more than I've reminded you about ranking Ernest Wilford ahead of Marvin Harrison back in Wow! Five! Wow! Suddenly wow. old scores, which caused which caused what you know a, a total <laughs> what about fracture people, in our friendship.
2: Uh, oh, I just remember one year when there was questions about Drew Brees' health, uh, <laughs> ranking Bruce Gradkowski, now a PFF analyst, ahead of Drew Brees in <laughs> <of> Dynasty <laughs> League. Greg, is that true?
5: Your re- well, hey, your look, response, shame Greg. on you, Greg. Uh, I mean, I believe him that he said that. <laughs> Nick Saban didn't even want to sign him. He thought the shoulder was so banged up. I, you know, you got cut, you got cut up, and all that. And any guilt, Evan, of um, you know, I I'd, I'd started back at Roto World the Tears of Heaven uh, column soon. every every year, and now I've noticed you do Tears of Evan. Hmm. Any, any? Oh, concerns? now it's oh, there. I, I now you're
2: I accusing be, him of stealing. I totally stole that from you. I, I, have, no, I have
4: no regrets. I'm just having fun. This is like that time that Simmons uh, tweeted at Jonah Carey about stealing a column, and everybody was like, <laughs> Simmons is showing his ass, Greg. I don't know, man.
6: Can I throw out a couple of uh, alternatives to Mark Andrews at, at tight end?
4: Yeah, of course.
6: There, there are a handful of guys I just love this year. Evan Ingram, to me, is this year's George Kittle, where yes. his talent is so obvious. Yeah. Like, his difference-making talent and what he did in the last month of the season last year – He was virtually unstoppable. Um, I think people are thinking too much about Jared Cook, who has become a Pro Bowl caliber tight end, now going to an offense that moves the ball. And I know there's a lot of mouths to feed, but to me the floor is really high there. He's the third mouth, too. There's not that many. And my favorite tight end value, Vance McDonald, who has shown intriguing receiving skills, and they have no one else at tight end there in Pittsburgh.
2: Lockstep, Chris Westling, lockstep. Love,
6: love to hear it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, before we let you go, Evan, let's just um, go over what we've done here. So we have major drama on the line regarding Antonio Brown between Big Fish and Chris Wessling. No, I was, in, I, I was on the opposite side. Him and Wes were in agreement. Me, you, and Rank were. Okay, we're so that's rogue, a big one. Idea. We have to track that. And I, and I promise you I will. Mark Andrews, a lot of heat <laughs> over wow. Mark Andrews. I'm just, I'm just having fun. I just, just
5: doing I, I just Fish just and Rosenthal. Evan. I just miss arguing over instant message with <laughs> Evan Silva.
4: This is the closest <laughs>
5: man well. ever. Hey, <laughs> Will.
4: Uh, and uh, Evan does incredible work. Uh, and this new venture, I have no doubts, will be successful uh, with Silva at the reins. Uh, thank you, Evan, for joining us. And uh, good luck in your 475 leagues. How many leagues are you in? Do you have an actual number that – how does it even work?
2: It'll be around 30 this year. It'll be around 30.
4: So how does it – like, how do you track it? Uh, does it matter if you win or lose or is it all just – what's happening? <laughs> Doesn't uh, it get to be like well, – And that's month? not even
5: counting your DFS, which to me, I'm guessing, right. it takes up more of your anxiety and attention every week.
2: It absolutely does. I mean – I, I'm working. I, one thing that I've liked to do in recent years is uh, like team up with another person uh, to uh, in season long, because season long takes a lot of work. I mean, just this guy's outsourcing fantasy draft, team. <laughs> uh, I like to team up with someone, whether it be, you know, another fantasy football analyst, whether it be a friend. Um, and, you know, we can just bounce stuff off each other. A lover. her. Hey, <laughs> listen, th- thanks so much for having me back, guys. It's always a blast to talk to you and uh, keep up the, the great work. You guys are unbelievable. I listen to you guys. Every
4: single show. All right. Love you, Evan. Thank
2: you.
5: you com. He's got his own podcast too with Leviton. I mean, they're the two that started this company. Also an, another road to world alum, one of the sharpest people I've ever met in the
4: business. And they have a, a great fantasy podcast too. Oh, I just realized happen. what's actually going to happen. Silva and Leviton are going to poach Wessling and Rosenthal. <laughs> and then Mark and I will just go back to the newsroom <laughs> and become editors again. <laughs> and now it just came to me. It just happened. All right. Well, Evan, good luck to you anyway. (laughs) Evan Silva, the big fish. All right, time for one final thought. That was good, by the way, Greg. It was. It did feel like we were back in your I.M., uh, AOL, I.M. uh, client circa 2005 or whatever. I
5: mean, you're just trying to cut. I mean, there was no talk of, like, cunning, unnecessary words out of uh,
4: (laughs) Roto-World blurbs. But otherwise, yeah, it was good. What made a perfect Roto-World blurb when you were the editor?
6: Hmm. Gotta be a little snarky.
5: Well, you, first of all, concision. You're like I really hated the long ones. Like three sentences max. In, in the you like you comes You know, you have the factual stuff up top. You come strong with with a analysis and an opinion right off the top in the Get blurb, into it. and then you support it. But you support it thinking, what is the most essential thing here? People don't need to be reading, uh, you know, sea poems, as Mark Sessler would say.
6: I remember one of great one of the talking to. Talking twos I got from Greg <laughs> as far as what a blurb should be. And it was usually, this needs more wrestling.
5: That yeah, was Greg. Yeah, a little more. It y- needs more opinion. It needs more strong I didn't like opinion. the blah
4: guys. You know, the blah, just they were just too afraid to uh, bring to, the heat. To have a take. All right. One final thought before we say goodbye as um, our many listeners prepare for fantasy drafts. Leave them with a final thought. Greg Rosenthal. I'm just going to go to uh, the quarterback position
5: because I haven't gotten there. I I think Lamar Jackson is incredibly undervalued this year that he could be a top-five fantasy quarterback very easily. I'm with Rank. I don't think there should be any rules. You have to wait to certain rounds. But especially Lamar Jackson and Jameis Winston, to me, seem like incredible fantasy values that both have top-five potential. And don't worry about taking him too early. Like, I would just take Lamar in the seventh, round and, and be done with it and be happy.
4: Although it is it is a real bummer. I know you guys are stronger in Will as uh, the bricklayers of Roto World, but you hate making a draft pick. And then in the little chat client, um, everyone's like, ooh, that was early. It's a horrible <laughs> feeling. And I know if you're strong in Will, it's like, just get the guys you want and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's cool. But sometimes you just want everybody to say, good job, man. Hey, nice
5: y- here's what you can say in back. I'm I'm NFL Network's Dan Hansis, where's your f- power rankings? It actually works you against know? you.
4: It works against. <laughs> oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they pay you for your football. Yes, check out the power rankings every week on NFL.com. Um, all right, here's my one final thought. Um, Wes, I feel like you especially are you're going to disagree with this, but that's fine. Don't put all of your NFL eggs in one basket. So being a fan of of a team, uh, a lover of the team is stressful enough, and part of the appeal to me anyway for fantasy of fantasy sports uh, has always been that I have that second rooting option uh, when the Jets are in the tank again by Thanksgiving. It's not all over because I have this other team, this fantasy team, uh, so you can kind of get in trouble if you, you love your real team so much that you load up. So I was just saying, oh, I love me some Sam Darnold. I love me some Crowder. I love Robbie Anderson. Lev Bell gets me excited, uh, but I'm not going to go too heavy there. And does that mean you should avoid taking any players from your favorite team? Of course not. But just protect yourself. You know, there's a chance your team might suck. Don't let that doom your fantasy squad, too. That comes from a fan of an eternally downtrodden franchise. Now I'm with you. I like to keep it separate a little bit. And when Mark's not here right now, we're going to throw it back to Mark in a second. But maybe the Browns are the exception to the rule this year. Uh, because I feel like I would love a team that had Baker Mayfield and David Njoku and... Uh, Odell Beckham and, and uh, Nick Chubb, but in general, be careful. Thank you for that
6: segue. Every year there's an offense I love. I fall in love with it. Last year, I believe I said go get Patrick Mahomes or Andrew Luck because those two offenses, that's who you want. Check I, the tape. I want as much Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield, and Nick Chubb as I can get. I just want them on every. If I, if I was doing Put the eggs in and, the basket, the Browns' basket. I want all of those guys. I want them and I want to ride that Browns offense.
5: Yeah, Chubb's one of those guys who I thought would be like a value, and now just everyone's on him. And Everybody I'm with you. Him. Who cares? I
4: still want him there as one of your let, top Let other backs. people worry about Kareem Hunt.
6: I also want Tyler Lockett in every draft.
4: Hmm. I also want – you know who I want? Every year on Hard Knocks, there's some guy that I fall in love with. <laughs> Hunter Renfro out of the slot. Give me them 73 catches. Bro! Poor guy. All insecure about his hairline. Fifth-round ro-
5: fifth rookie. Who's maybe the fifth receiver on that team, if you're counting Jacobs and and Darren Waller. If I was going to go for a crazy deep sleeper, I think I'd go Darren Waller there as as my sleeper.
6: Fro's got that 1999 Tom Brady body going for him.
4: He does. He does. (laughs) He looks good making catches in slow motion, though. All right. For the last time, uh, we throw it to the fantasy corner. And now, Mark, I've been told by my producer... He is at what once was an affordable housing community that was raised and turned into a live event space right now playing Mumford and Sons an exclusive concert for American Express Platinum members. Mark you there.
1: I didn't know you were a fan of the uh, the Mumfords. You know, what when I'm here I just sort of slide into new hobbies and I just think the whole the whole community here is really uh, they got, so it's a new day. It's a new day on the corner and all around the corner. And I'll give you my one big thought. I, I, I know you think I'm going to come with why ten reasons why you shouldn't have a fantasy team. Can we move away from the stage? Yeah. Can we move just? To, can we possibly have the band quiet down just a bit?
4: I. Those Mumford. It sounds really rock.
1: I am inspired by uh, Evan Silva uh, being a part of 30 teams. That would quickly result in a uh, destruction of my family uh, structure if I were to try that. But I, I find it to be inspiring. I'm going to suggest that you do two. How about this? You do number one and you follow the advice of Rank and Greg and Dan and Wes and Erica and the Big Fishy. And you go win that league. You go win that league. But with the second one, I, I would do what you do is what I would do, the chaos theory. You look at this little ADP thing, and you go to number one fifty. Mm. You start your draft at one fifty, and for the exact reason, Dan, that you mentioned the the chat client where everyone's yes. ripping on you and stuff. I go number one right on my ADP list that I looked at. Number one fifty-two is Mitch Trubisky, number one pick. Now again, this is not the league I'm trying to shake win. Things up. This is a league where I want to cause people concern about what is happening inside my front office. You're an agent of mayhem. It must be total mayhem, and you <laughs> want to stick with that ADP. No one's going to be touching that 150 plus ADP in the first rounds of this thing, right? So you you grab Meikle Hardman in round one or round two. Let's say Tony Pollard. You go Alexander Madison, and what I do at that point is, you roll into the season. People think you're one of these guys that around week two, either you did a terrible auto draft, or you're just going to vanish and. Week 2. Step 2 is the most important thing here. You must be making hundreds of transactions a week. And not to improve the roster, (laughs) but just constantly churn it. And every time people log into the Fantasy Home Base, they just see that your team has done 30 (laughs) to 40 things overnight. And they'll come to you, you're going to get a bunch of bros, they're going to tell you what you're doing, and you stick with your system and say you're looking ahead, you've captured this thing, you know where, where you're going with it. You will be... Here's Can
6: can you also tell them, hey, analytics.
1: Use analytics. Tell tell them you're doing analytics and they don't even know what you're doing. This will be the great thing. Your team will go... Keep keep picking up Kevin Hogan and then dropping them again. Pick them up, drop them. Your team will probably go over, but you will be haunting people's minds every single night while they think about this
4: league. Tell them you're Sashi
1: Brown and it's the process.
4: There you go. All right, Mark. Well, enjoy the uh, $18 beer. Yeah. Let's hear it for the Lumineers. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And I'd say, uh, you know, good luck getting home. But it sounds like you're just going to get an Uber in one of those pickup zones. I think I am home. And, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Say so long to Mark. All right. That's it. (laughs) That's it for the 35th annual fantasy extravaganza of the Around the NFL podcast. Thanks, Adam Rank. Thanks, Evan Silva. Thanks, Mark Sessler. Thanks, Rick Hollywood, for all your work. Thank you. This is Dan Hansa signing off. And good luck to everybody in your drafts. Remember, don't drink too much. Let the other people get drunk. You stay sharp. Dan is signing off. on <laughs> Weston of Streets <laughs> for the mailman, <laughs> the old boss. Quiet Storm and Rick Hollywood behind the glass. Till Friday. Just hear, call back and reschedule in an hour.
6: Maybe she's talking to someone else.
4: One of her other shows.
5: <laughs> if you thought this show was like low on her priority list last year, wait till this season. She's moving her schedule
4: around in the middle of our show.
1: I'm trying to get him on the phone.
4: Hard back here. We just. <laughs> I know we're just
5: <laughs> now. Mark's like, God, these guys really are ass.